From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, three. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Well, either way. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and... Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Representative... Representative. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Hey, senor. A dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And it can't be dim enough. I like it practically dark, like feeling my way around. <laughs> and today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Ryan Seacrest! The latest target of nefarious sexual harassment allegations. Wow, that one has bubbled up to make it onto the show. I've been following that for a while. Yeah, yeah. There's a witness has come forward, I guess. Oh, really? We got the Oxers coming up this week. Will he be on the red carpet? Blah, blah, blah. Still one person, though, right? 
Uh, yeah, for a guy that's been around a lot of hotties for a lot of decades, one person. And, right, and like I said, I heard this, there's a gal who said, yeah, I was there, I saw it. Even though he's deny it, ve- denied it vehemently. Well, everybody denies it vehemently. I'm not sure that does. I don't. I was there. I did it both hands. Outside of Louis C.K., everybody has denied it, right? Louis C.K. is the only one who said, yeah, that was me. And I'm a scumbag, and goodbye now. And a bit of a ferve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Seacrest, they're going to stay away from him on the red carpet this Sunday night. I don't quite get that whole thing. Well, I don't know. That's speculation. Or is that? have you heard that that's definitely happening? Oh, the, uh, that's right. The starlets are going to stay away. Yeah, I heard, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a problem. Now I've been watching him because on one of the TVs we have in here, he's doing his show every morning with uh, Kelly Ripa, and yeah. he comes out looking all cheerful and happy and everything like that, unnaturally bubbly for the entirety of the show. Of course, yes. of course. If he didn't do anything, he has no reason to to not be happy. Right. It's the bubbliness of innocence. Mm. It could be. Um, so more on that later and a whole bunch of stuff. Let's or is introduce... it the false bubbliness of lies? <laughs> it could be. Mm. He's just accused of verbal stuff, though, right? I don't know. I haven't come it. across anything where he's put his hands on anybody. Oh, no. no. There's, there's, there's hands, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. There was some grinding. And yeah. groping. There was some grinding. Oh, the old grinding grope. Yes. Huh? Yes. I've engaged in that myself and enjoyed it. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. Start there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, pretty good. You know, it'd be kind of interesting this year to see what the ratings are for the Oscars, whether all this uh, Harvey Weinstein encourages people to tune in or are people so disgusted that they hit record lows. I think it would probably is going, it was going to hit record lows no matter what, just because that's the direction everything is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Weinstein thing might actually save it. Get some more viewers. Wow, that's an interesting theory. I would think overall discussed with Rapey Wood. Combined with the self-congratulatory nature of the thing, the disgust with that's been building through the years. Yeah, I predict I catastrophic watching. levels of uh, viewership. Yeah, not only do I, I am I not excited about it, I'm, I'm repulsed by the idea of watching the Oscars. <laughs> and I, as you know, Jack, I have a close tie to the American soul. Mm. Uh, well, who's the host this uh, Sunday night? Nobody knows. <laughs> I think Kimmel, Sean knows. Has it's been announced. Yeah, it's Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, does he make any? Does he make any jokes, uncomfortable jokes, the way Seth Meyers did? Do they get the best picture right this time? <laughs> That's true. There's all that. <laughs> that right, was entertaining. Right. Bring Warren Beatty back. <laughs> get a couple of ancient people that yeah. just can barely function. The up winner there. is yeah. <laughs> the winner. Yeah. You want to know the winner, do you? <laughs> <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. It was on this day in history, in the year of our Lord, 1849, that steamboat service from New York to California began. The question I posed to you, Jack and Joe, hmm. how long did it take that steamship to leave or to arrive in San Francisco when leaving from New York? That uh, trip across like Kansas and Montana and places like that was very difficult in the steamboat. How did right. a steamboat get from New York to San Francisco? I'm guessing on, on water. I know, I know. They're around the Cape of Good Hope? Yeah. Was it going around the Horn? Or the Cape Horn? Right, which one's which? Round the horn if you're going from New York to San Francisco. Right, round the horn, tinkers to ever's to chance. Uh, I'm saying that took you 45 days. Well, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, how long How long the trip took, yeah. But is that the way they went? On a steamboat? I didn't know they took steamboats around. 
on the ocean. Travel yeah. was very limited. I don't know how the hell else you're going to get there. I'm picturing the rivers of America, which I've committed to memory, but uh, <laughs> well, now, I think, uh, they, they tend to run a lot uh, north north to south. Right. So. Well, certainly toward the ocean, and when you're going away from it, that's a hell of a slog. Okay, I'm going to say seven hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> Four months and 21 days. 150 or so. Wow, when, I'll be damned. Then, of course, the Panama Canal came along and cut that trip way down. There you go. I've read a lot of books about sailing around the Horn. It's uh, quite the experience. Damn near five months. Yeah, and plus, that, ain't nobody got time for that. That's what I'm saying. That particular part of uh, going around was just uh, lots of people died. Oh hell yeah! Or had their the boats sink going that direction. Uh, we northern hemispherers. I'll speak for myself. I remember I, as a young man, would would think of oh, you're going south where it's warm and pleasant and all. No, then you keep going south. You're pretty. You're going to the Antarctic. God help ye! You're on an old timey uh, steamboat. The the weather comes up, uh, Poseidon is angered, etc. You're doomed. Doomed. Should have just stayed put. And attached with the story, they gave a lovely sound of what a steamboat whistle might sound like. <laughs> ah, isn't that lovely? That's the sound it would make as it was going down in the frigid waters of the Antarctic. <laughs> right. Would the uh, would the uh, deckhands have an eye patch, Sean, so they could see below decks? <laughs> no, because they were deckhands, not pirates. Oh, whatever. That's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. Our Marshall. Well, I don't know who comes up with these, but for all the nights of the open road, it's your day, I guess, because it's National Public Sleeping Day. <laughs> the what? perfect time, they say, to grab some rest in a park or on a bench. In uh, any other public place as well where you feel comfortable. Yeah, well, there are a lot of parks and yes. a lot of places uh, where we're broadcast where yes. you're not going to lay on that bench and take a nap. No, or that sidewalk or that anywhere. Right. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. Even though your taxes paid for that mm-hmm. sidewalk, mm-hmm. that park, and that bench, you're not going to go sleep soundly there. With some uh, meth head crazy person hanging around in the bushes. Well, we can't uh, ask them to get out of the park because that would be uh, that would make being homeless illegal. Right. By the way, I, uh, back in the day, years and years ago, decades ago, when it was safe to do this, I uh, did fall you asleep. You took a steamship <laughs> from Boston to San Francisco. Indeed. And I fell asleep in a park. Actually, more accurately, I passed out in a park. I've slept in a number of parks in my life, too. And woke up. Because the sprinklers were on. <laughs> That'll do it. Yes, indeed. You wake up fast, you run quickly. Mm. But uh, that was my uh, one time where I uh, camped out in a public park. Taking a nap. I don't believe I've ever slept in a park unless I like dozed off in the sun for two minutes. Mm. So I think that's the dividing line. Yeah. Are no- you the sort who's ever slept in a park or not? It just depends on where you were. Where you were. I, if you were around parks where sleeping in the park is perfectly okay, right. it wouldn't be weird at all. Like That's overnight or a nap or what? Either. Sleeping or, overnight in a park. Or if you See, lived, that's crazy to or, me. Or yeah. if you lived your whole life in a place where there's no way you could do that because of the freaking people that the city allows to be there. Right. Don't get me started. Oh, I, you, said, you said back in the day. It doesn't have to be back in the day. Right. There's nothing's changed about humanity, just our policies yes. and our ridiculous attitude toward putting up with this crap. I almost dropped an S-bomb. Mm. Has Go changed. ahead. I say do it. Don't get... Well, I'm already started. Right, clearly. <laughs> All huh. this in honor of National Public Sleeping Day. Which also reminds me yes. of my wife when she went to the doctor. She yeah. went to urgent care over the weekend. Uh-huh. and uh, She had a very young doctor, so he was, she said, he was like a child. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, maybe still resident or whatever. He's like 20-something. And uh, not married, no kids, that sort of thing. But anyway, because she has the flu, pneumonia, and a sinus infection. She's really, really sick. He said, this is what you do. You just get into bed. 
Have <laughs> somebody wait on you and just spend the next couple of days taking care of yourself. And she looked at him like, you have no idea what real life is like. I am a stay-at-home mom with two young kids and blah, 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 blah. That is not an option. But th- when the doctors tell me that, I always think that's just hilarious. Junior, Sleep, junior, take a nap, junior. just spend your day in bed. What? Who can do that? Mm. Awesome. Sort of a national you, sleeping day. You got to send those take kids off to boarding school. Like we used to do back in the day when you could sleep in a park and take a steamship around the horn. <laughs> a good military school. That's what they need. It's a better time to be alive. That's right. Oh. I'm Jack Armstrong. Oh. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, February 28th. It's the last day of the month. Uh, they made a mistake on this month. They shorted it a couple of days. Yeah. It's the uh, We're keeping you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin grinding our erect units against America while clad only in our underwear, groping that- its vajayjay and slapping its buttocks so hard it leaves a large welt. That's what the woman claims about Ryan Seacrest? Precisely, according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. Are we strong enough and smart enough that we can keep them from doing this again? Yes. The next question she asked me, are we doing that right now? We're taking steps, but we're probably not doing enough. There you go. Somebody important saying we're not doing much to stop the Russians. It was uh, oh, yeah, Mike was... Rogers of the NSA. Right. There you go. And uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, all of a sudden really cares about geopolitics in Russia, or she wants to embarrass Trump, uh, which is always a goal of everyone. We'll talk more about that later coming up. Can you do one thing for me while Marshall's telling us what he's going to tell us? Yes. Current age of Ryan, C- Ryan Seacrest and how old he would have been in 2006 when he was doing his grinding, I'd like to know. Mm. What are our other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, gun control and commerce, one of the nation's largest sporting goods chains now stepping into the debate. Interesting way that this could uh, change is yep. private companies deciding to change on their own, which you can't stop them. President Trump tweeting victory in the border wall battle and getting a drink at Starbucks just took on a whole new meaning, my friends. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Some of the things that excite you people, I just don't get it. So how old's Ryan Seacrest? He is 43 years old, so he would have been 31 at the time. Nah. You know, you don't get to do that no matter your age, but I was going to say, I could see if he was 23 or something, maybe for whatever reason he thought that was a good idea. She endured the abuse for years. It's the only woman in Ryan Seacrest's very long career around a lot of people. courage to stand up against the powerful, powerful producer... Don't forget, Ryan Seacrest is a super heavyweight right now in entertainment. Sure. He's not just a smiling pretty boy. So you're believing Harvey Weinstein-esque powers. Man, I'm, I'm believing Ryan Seacrest on this one. Based on nothing. Based on nothing. You're believing the accuser? Uh, for the purposes of the show, sure. You think he's an erection grinder? I, I, yes. Hmm. Look at him. How does the mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's nice. It's funny. It's complimentary. It's got the positive feelings we all need these days. Okay. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of nation. the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Look into this because we got a text, a text, not a text, 
We got a text that said Dick's Sporting Goods hasn't sold AR-style firearms in 10 years, starting after Sandy Hook happened. Uh, I don't. That does not square with what I've heard. I have not done any original reportage. On well, I'm going to try to do a little research on that. Now, raising the age to 21, do you get to do that as a private company? It's a constitutional right to own a gun. Do you get to decide the age on that? I mean, you, you know, this question came up uh, the other day in an email that we didn't get to. Uh, had to do if uh, with the, if I went to a baker of uh, you know Jimmy's incredibly elaborate cakes and ordered them to uh, make a white supremacist cake, and they would object. The, the flip side, if you will, of you know the the gay cake story. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, uh, well, uh, I hate to use white supremacists, but White supremacist is not a protected class. We as a country have designated people, groups of people that have special rights and special protections, which is probably not a good idea. Isn't everybody in that group in constitutional rights, though? In in my opinion. So, so I'm sorry, your original question was, oh, oh, that's right. Um, So are 18, 19 and 20 year olds. Can you claim that they have been discriminated against? Because they've had their. Well, no, because you could buy a gun anywhere else. Well, we it's a commodity, so that means it's a public accommodation. I would think Dick Sporting Goods is a public accommodation. You'd have to sell someone a gun. But, again, if they were black, you couldn't deny it to them. If they were gay, you couldn't deny it to them. But if they were 19, you can in our ridiculous system. Hmm. I think. That's completely outside of the whether a 19-year-old should have an AR-15. I'm just wondering if you can or can't do that. Right. I, I thought the same thing. It's kind of an odd maneuver. Support your local gun store anyway, you know, in my opinion. But if you're going to buy a firearm, mailbag. Here's your freedom-loving hashtag of the day. I guess this is becoming really big among sane people and sane young people in particular who are trying to take back their camp eye. Hashtag facts don't care about your feelings. Fight back, kids. Fight back. The Looney Tunes are screeching on your campuses. They're not going to win the day you are. Yeah. So Dick suspended the sales of assault rifles, assault-style rifles from its stores after the 2012 uh, shooting in Sandy Hook. However, a few months later, the company began selling the same uh, AR-15s. Oh. So they, they suspended yeah. sales in 2012. Got a tremendous amount of free advertisement for it, probably, just like they're doing now, and then went back to selling them again? Is that what it sounds That's like? That's a cynical view of the maneuver, uh, but an accurate one. Sounds like what happened. Well, maybe it's, accidentally they were reviewing their policy. Men went back to doing it, and the yeah. next time there's a big shooting, they announce it again, and every news outlet in America talks about Dick's Sporting Goods and how they sell guns, which is, man, you couldn't afford, nobody could afford that kind of advertising to tell people the product you have. Mm. Um, but anyway, I'm, we'll it, see. It yeah. wasn't the next school. I mean, there were there have been many shootings sure. in, in between then. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting thought, though. We'll monitor the situation. Thank you for making me a better person and thinker. I'm 52, been listening to you guys since 2000 or so. In the year 2000. <laughs> I listened Which was to, 18 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. I know. Which is crazy. I listen to a lot of your shows on the podcast. I travel around the country for my job. You guys really help me think about topics, challenge me to think about issues. Uh, etc. I'm sure your show will continue to grow. Well, I doubt it. Uh, <clears throat> I rarely get nice emails about the work I do, but I know that many people appreciate what I do. I just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know how much I respect and value what you guys do. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. Tim from the Ding! Beautiful Redding, California. Gateway to Shasta. 
Shasta Lake, Mount Shasta, Shasta Cola, mm. and others. I found it ironic, writes Carrie, that Joe said he wished he was a man of letters while doing mailbag. Mm. Mm. Carrie, you too, sir, a wordsmith and a crafter of thought, <laughs> etc. <laughs> I know. Here's a Fagafee Jason, friend of Armstrong and Getty over 15 years. Well, I'll be damned in Conroe, Texas. How about that? We already have a national show. Uh, I brought up a story I want to talk about. It's actually an editorial that the, the one of our, our main problems these days is people, uh, if they have a disagreement, they open with thermonuclear language and immediately go savagely after their opponent and then ruin any chance of good feelings or uh, honest exchange of ideas. What are you talking about, Joe, writes Jason? Going to the thermonuclear verbiage is your opening gambit always works perfectly well. Signed, telling your wife to calm down. Oh. <laughs> Hell! We got a bunch of texts on the Dick Sporting Goods thing, so maybe we'll clear that up. Yeah, oh, yeah I'd like to hear more. Because they're getting a lot of attention for that. There's slash well, free advertising. Well, I don't know. I, to me, it's the freaking liberal media. Just They're going crazy over that and the stupid Jared Kushner story. But anyway, we'll talk about is that. Is the later. story stupid or is Jared Kushner stupid? There's a lot of stupid. The stupid on. Jared Kushner story is it's misleading to me. The stupid story about not Jared Kushner. Not, well, they could be both. You're right. Right. Uh, dear conscience of a nation, you guys were talking about Sheriff Israel. If you can't base a man on a failed deputy or a doggone Yahoo commercial, what can you base it on? But don't base a man's entire career on a dead gum Yahoo commercial. That's Ryan in Houston. No, according to Sheriff Israel, who is a punk and an ass and a liar and a fake, the performance of his deputies is nothing to base his leadership on. God, what a punk. Now, the trouble with the, one of the thing, tr- problems with law enforcement is when you get to the top, they're a lot more politician uh, sometimes than they are cop. Certainly. If we had a little more time, Jack, I bring you proof that Ari the Bachelor is completely gay. Yeah, I'd like, I want to hear that. It's proof. I want to hear that. It's proof. Completely gay. I love that. Not partially. Marshall's News on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Couple of things for I just came across an interesting stat. One major thing about our lifestyle in the United States has changed drastically in the last half century that we should definitely discuss. According to uh, some numbers that are out. Also, Barbara, this is breaking news. Barbara Streisand has cloned her dog twice. Wow. You need to dig Same into that. Same dog or two dogs same, once? Same dog twice, huh. I think. What the F? Does she have children? No children for Barbara Streisand? No. Nah, so I she's don't. one of those, my dogs are my kids people? Okay. Yeah, right. Um, they got a lot of dogs. You don't have to clone your dog. <laughs> don't go to the trouble, Babs. You know what? They're all cute. It's your people. old pal Joe talking. They all like you. Right. They just do. They got millions of them, literally. Um, There is our news with Marsha Phillips. Well, this morning it was announced one of the nation's biggest sports retailers is no longer going to be selling assault-style rifles. Dick's Sporting Goods sending sales of the firearms effective immediately. Dick's also says it's no longer going to sell high-capacity magazines, and it will not sell any type of gun to anyone younger than 21. The company's CEO, Edward Stack, on Good Morning America, says the new policy is a direct response to the high school shooting in Parkland, Florida. To think about the loss and the grief that those kids and those parents had, we said we need to do something, and we're taking these guns out of all of our stores permanently. So, yeah, no chance you're going to reverse this? Never. 
So we got a bunch of texts. I'm with a company in the industry. The story on Dick's is correct. They stopped selling these kind of guns after Sandy Hook. Um, well, yeah, they did. That's the truth. Girlfriend but worked it's not at, the whole truth. Did girlfriend worked at Dick's Sporting Goods for a year. They stopped selling ARs years ago. But did they start again? I don't know. And if they did stop and then start again, why? I would like to know. Um, well, makes, you know why? If I was on the board, I'd say, listen, if you guys want to make a symbolic gesture... That's fine. This is going to do absolutely no practical. It will make no difference in in the greater uh, you know discussion in the actuality of people getting guns and firing them at people. Dick sells Armalite rifles. I don't know what that is. That's what the AR stands for, not assault rifle. Okay, I have no idea if that's true or not or what. Uh, the reason I brought that us up is a lot of the texts get into the same problem the legislature is going to have. What is an assault rifle and what's not? As people are talking about them stopping right. selling assault rifles or assault weapons, people are saying, no, they didn't. They never had them. Yes, they do. They're not selling them, though they're selling. Um, so, I don't know. I have no idea. You know, I uh, heard the the founder of Ruger Firearms quoted this morning. He uh, once said, there's no reason for an honest man to have more than 10 rounds in a magazine. I wonder if we'll go to that. That question, number of rounds in a magazine. You can have a scary-looking military rifle, but, you know, you've got to have, like, a, what do they call them, a tube magazine? It's like for a shotgun that's got six, seven, eight rounds in it, um, you know, maximum. But th- there are millions and millions and millions of the other magazines floating around. Right. So, I mean, you could, uh, mandatory 25 to life for possessing one, are you going to do that? California judge ruling in favor of the Trump administration's plans to build a border wall. U.S. District Judge Gonzalo Curiel rejecting a legal challenge to the government's authority to waive environmental laws. Reacting to the news on Twitter this morning, President Trump wrote, I have decided that sections of the wall that California wants built now will not be built until the whole wall is approved. Our country must have border security, all caps, exclamation point. I can't believe we're still talking about this danged wall. We need to have secure borders like every other country on Earth. Um, That's a given. Everybody recognizes that. How you do it doesn't make any difference as long as they're secure. (sighs) Did he send an apology to the nice Judge Curiel, who he'd said bad things about during the campaign? Did not send an apology. He should have. That would have been the decent thing to do. I got a little hasty during the campaign. I'm sorry. I said you're a Mexican. Couldn't be fair. Signed, the president. President Trump senior. P.S. Come visit the White House anytime. President Trump's senior advisor and his son-in-law now has significantly reduced access to classified information after his security clearance was downgraded. Reports indicated Jared Kushner is authorized to access information only at the lower secret level. He had been operating with one of those interim clearances at a top secret level. Although, of course, the president can invite him in and say, hey, look yep. at this, if he wants to, mm-hmm. anytime he wants. So, Yeah, this is declassified for the next five minutes, Jared. Take a look at this. As the commander-in-chief, he can actually do that. Um, and then the other thing, I don't know, I don't actually know anything about Jared Kushner. There will probably be books written about him in the future. He does strike me as the kind of guy that feels like no rules apply to him. Because most don't. Because most have not his entire right. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm supposed to fill out this form and put what on, you know, I'll do it however I want. How That's the, the way idiots do it. That's the way the people who follow the rules do it, not me. Here's a deal, Jared. We'll give you your top secret clearance back if you swear that you'll never appear in public in a crested blazer and Ray-Bans again. And if you ever do, it's Gitmo. How about that? 
Meanwhile, the Washington Post is reporting officials in at least four countries, China, Israel, Mexico, and the United Arab Emirates, had privately discussed ways they could manipulate Kushner by taking advantage of his complex business arrangements, financial problems, and lack of foreign policy experiment experience. Well, yeah, I don't doubt that for a second. That's yeah. what uh, intelligence agencies are supposed to do. Yep. Look at everybody and figure out where there's potential weakness to exploit. Right. Doesn't surprise me a bit. Did I mention Barbara Streisand had her dog cloned? <laughs> her dog? Yeah. Just trying to change the subject. Do we know what sort of dog it is? I do. Is it a pug? I'm picturing a terrier of some sort. A coton de terrier. Oh, God, oh, please. Geez. Wow. <laughs> Don't have enough of those in the world, I'll tell you. You, you, you know what? I'm stunned. Stunned into silence. <laughs> A stylist. That's just so perfect. Yeah, it is. A stylist who says Ryan Seacrest sexually harassed her for years is now going into detail about her allegations. NBC reporter Kate Snow spoke to a source who worked with Seacrest but doesn't want to be identified, but he verified many of Susie Hardy's claims. She would go to tie his shoe, and Ryan would shove her head toward his crotch. I saw that more than once. Hardy. Yes, Seacrest's former uh, wardrobe stylist at E! News says he repeatedly grabbed her inappropriately back in 2008. If that, uh, I, if that happened, that's obviously uncool. I'm not trying to argue that that's okay. It's just the guy's been in show business for around a lot of people for a long time, and he's got one accuser. I don't know what you do with that. It seems like you're for this sort of person that did that, you'd do it more often. Uh, the way these things usually happen right. is when somebody finally has the uh, courage to come forward, then the other people come out of the woodwork. I guess we'll see if that happens. If you have a string of women now coming out saying, yeah. I mean, he'd be a big one to take down. I'm looking at his statement. Someone that worked as a wardrobe stylist for me nearly a decade ago at E! News. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <he said> <laughs> Calder claims reckless allegations. Reckless allegations. That's some interesting verbiage. How about they're not true? Oh, those are reckless allegations. Well, E! Issued a statement saying its investigation had concluded and found, quote, insufficient evidence to support the claims against Seacrest. The investigation was conducted by an outside counsel hired by NBC Universal. Do we have any examples so far in the hashtag MeToo uh, era of anybody doing this stuff to one person and then nobody else coming forward? So far, they all of them, whether it's uh, Senator Franken or obviously right. Weinstein or... Or didn't name one. A whole bunch of names come out eventually. Uh, again, not fair because it involves the flattening of all these things, but uh, the Aziz story was yeah, only a single incident. Yeah. Which everybody yeah, has rejected. Right, rejected, right. yeah. So, But wrong, Sean. Well, that's, that's a that's, bad one. That more proves my point. Yeah. You had an example and everybody said, no, come on. Um, but so far, all these other ones, they it was a lifestyle. Right. They didn't do it. It just wasn't just a one-off with one person one time. Charlie like Barbara Streisand's dog, there's rarely just one. <laughs> All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. We've had more people write in and say, that's clearly a hawk and not an eagle. But an eagle what an sounds e- like no, a seagull. No, that's what an eagle should sound like, though. <laughs> so you play what an eagle should sound like. You know what? Like. There's no arguing with that. <laughs> You've swayed me. If, play it again. Yes, play it again. Squeeze. Hang on. Hang on. Squeeze it. <laughs> There you go. Oh, that's a good Sound boy. Sound of freedom. If a bunch of women come forward, then Seacrest is guilty. If this is the only one, then I think he's innocent. I don't I don't know how else to look at these things. Um, It's a pretty big deal, though. He's a big deal. He's a bigger deal than most people think. Well, in that case, I'll pretend to care what happens to Ryan Seacrest and his influence on the American psyche. <laughs> I, uh, I tell you what. 
Dr. Christina Sandifer next? Oh, yeah, Christina, the Goldwater Institute is one of the leading fighters for the right to try. Don't go away. Finally, it looks like the right thing is going to happen. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. On the story of the day, Ryan Seacrest, um, how many times did this woman's shoe come untied? She needs new shoes. That's probably not a That's fair. That's not helpful. Um, and also, I thought Ryan... Making Se- light. And we got several of these texts. I thought Ryan Seacrest's best defense would be that he's gay, which a lot of people seem <laughs> to think. That's not advancing the discussion either. We have no. more important things to talk about. We should. Christina Sandifer is the executive vice president... Um, uh, at the Goldwater Institute, she develops policies and litigates cases advancing health care, freedom, free enterprise, private property rights, free speech, and taxpayer rights. What you say Other than is? that, she's no damn good. Christina Sandifer. Is she related to nope. Tim Sandifer we had on last week? <laughs> yes, she is. I believe they are, uh, they are wedded. Hello, Christina. How are you? Hey, guys. Good. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I have to say, I'm okay being introduced as Mrs. Tim the Lawyer. I, uh, no. I don't, know if, I, don't, no. I don't know if you're familiar with the show, Columbo. Tim and I are big fans of Columbo. Oh, yeah. Columbo's awesome. Mystery show. Yeah. Every time Columbo talks about his wife, he always says, my wife, you know, that's Mrs. Columbo. And then he goes on to talk about, <laughs> you know, she's like Renaissance woman. She's like, you know, painting the house and cooking dinner and saving the world and volunteering at the hospital. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine being Mrs. Tim, the lawyer. It's okay. Mm. No way. He's Mr. Christina, <laughs> the lawyer in my heart. Ooh, so I, listen, an update, please, on the right to try movement where People who are uh, suffering from, uh, well, why don't you tell us about it? Why would I? This is such an exciting time for terminally ill patients. Uh, I'll tell you, Right to Try is is a true bipartisan grassroots state movement. Uh, and it's really simple. It just, it allows people who are terminally ill to try treatments that are still going through the FDA, the very long, very slow FDA approval process. Uh, and, and they have been approved for safety, but they haven't been pro- approved for uh, efficacy yet. So the idea is, if I'm terminally ill, if I know a drug won't kill me, but my disease will, I'm out of government-approved options, and the drug is safe enough to give to the lucky few who are in clinical trials, then I should be able to make that decision with my doctor, whether or not I want to try the drug, even if we don't know if it'll work for me. That's so um, incredibly obviously true. Well, sure. And as you have pointed out to us through the years, some of these uh, drugs are saving lives in Europe, for instance. We just haven't gotten through the, the approval process here. And so you have somebody literally staring at death. And there's a drug that's helping people. And our, our bureaucrats and our, our uh, mammy government won't let us try. It's, it's awful. It's a, it's oh, a yeah. terrible the, incursion the, against freedom. The current process really favors the wealthy and well-connected because it says that, look, if you're not lucky enough to get into a clinical trial, then you have to basically pony up the money to, to go overseas, sometimes to move to con- countries in Europe and take these drugs. Uh, that's your only option. So we say, you know what? This is the most important right of all, the right to try to save your own life. Uh, you ought to have the right to do that um, no matter where you are in the United States. And the, the, the very exciting thing, you know, this is really, for like a law geek like me, this is federalism in action because this movement started in the states. It started under five years ago. Uh, the first state to pass it was Colorado. It passed with bipartisan support, bipartisan co-sponsors. 
it is now law in 38 states, and it just got passed by the Wisconsin legislature. It's sitting on the governor's desk. We're going to have 39 states by the end of the week. And now, finally, because of that, Congress is listening. This law passed the United States Senate unanimously, unanimously. I don't know. The Senate can't make any decisions right. on health care, <laughs> let alone unanimous decisions. Uh, but this well, is, that's and how, now it's in the House. That's how stupid the way we were doing it was, though. Um, yeah. uh, so when Tim's working on a book like his Frederick Douglass book, I'm picturing him locked in a room, typewriter <laughs> tapping away, uh, gin bottles, uh, smoking endless cigarettes, staying up night after night. Is that pretty much the look? Unshaven. Yeah, well, the, you got the unshaven part right, and, and his computer is so old that it's, it's basically a typewriter. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, Mr. Tim, Tim, Tim has no, no vices uh, to speak of, right? So no, no cigarettes, no, uh, no gin. Yeah, I know his vice that. is reading poetry, so oh, that's not much of a vice. for God's sake. <laughs> It, it is. It is reading poetry. I'll tell you. Have you read some of that stuff? That's a. That's quite a vice to have. Yeah. <laughs> Christina Sandifer is the executive VP at the Goldwater Institute. So listen. It. You know. It's. It's funny. <laughs> it's. Uh, I need a, a shrink. But the fact that you and 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 people like you have had to fight so hard against these nanny staters and do-gooders who are trying to say, well, no, no, there's a chance that people would have false hope, and so we're not going to let them try. And then finally you get it to the U.S. Senate, and they pass it unanimously. I mean, I'm just slapping my head at at the fact that you've had to work so hard, but I suppose I should just be happy that the right thing is happening. Well, you know, it's it's the bureaucratic mindset, right? It's sort of what I call bureaucratic inertia. The FDA, it's, the FDA is over 100 years old, and when the agency first started, it was really about empowering patients to be able to make decisions for themselves. Let's make sure that people are putting truthful information out there, that the patients have the information they need, and then they can go with their doctors and make these decisions and decide for themselves what they put in their bodies. And slowly but surely, uh, we have shifted from a focus on empowering patients to this paternalistic approach we have today where the government, you know, well-intentioned as it may be, is saying, no, no, you know, we have to make that decision for you because you don't, you aren't smart enough to be able yeah. to make that decision that, for yourself, or you're too emotionally invested. That's so interesting. That just seems to be the direction that government goes to where they, you know, you're, you're not capable of deciding this or that, so we have to for you. Well, that's, and I'm not ready to grant them good intentions either, because no. to me, it's mall cop syndrome. You give somebody a little authority, and they just get off on exercising it. I think we've all seen it through our lives, but. Um, so what's what's next? Just pushing more and more states? Yeah. So so well, we you know the bill has been introduced in the remaining twelve states, well, remaining eleven, I guess now with Wisconsin. Um, and so, but it's in the House right now. It's in the United States House, and it, and it, you know it sounds corny, but it really is true. When you tell people call your congressman and tell them to get this done, um, we know the president will sign it. Uh, we had a quite a shock. The other day during the State of the Union, which, believe it or not, I wasn't watching. Um, and all of a sudden I get all these text messages on my phone and I thought, what's going on? And people said the president just mentioned right to try yeah. in the State of the Union, um, which was such a cool moment for I, all I, of us. I said to my wife, Christina Sandifer was happy about that. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is a long time coming. This thing is going to get done. Um, call your congressman and tell him to to. You know, finish it up. Do my, it. My wife, Mrs. Colombo. Uh, Christina Sandifer, Executive Vice President <laughs> of the Goldwater Institute. She's also the co-author with Tim of the book Cornerstone of Liberty, Private Property Rights in 21st Century America, which is not only very, very good, but really, really important to read. We'll have a link so you can find it really easily. Christina, great to talk to you. Keep fighting the good fight. 
Hey, thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. Two dicks in the news, uh, Sporting Goods and Ryan Seacrest. We'll update you on both of those coming up in just a few minutes. What'd you think of that? That's one of your finest moments. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.